In this week's episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast, I'm joined by Abby Hine, who has now been running a business in ocean conservation for 10 years. It was absolutely amazing to speak to her and to learn about her insight, about how the field has grown and changed, and how you guys can get involved in um, getting marine conservation jobs or internships, and how to improve your resume, and how education is important, and how some places around the world are incorporating reef restoration projects with tourism. Anyway, this episode was extremely helpful, um, especially if you want to get into the field. So thank you so much to Abby and hope you guys enjoy. Every day there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean, whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution. If the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our Earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. All right, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I'm joined, uh, sorry, that was the dog's car. Today I'm joined by Abby Hine, who is the founder of Wise Oceans. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thanks very much. Uh, it's really nice to be here. I'm so excited. We finally uh, managed to find a time that worked out for both of us. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, and a few uh, time zones in between us. So, <laughs> Yes, um, one day I'll get the hang of time zones, especially because I'm in Australia. It's always a bit difficult. <laughs> Forward, behind, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I have to, I have to use an app. <laughs> yeah, um, so let's let's dive into it. How did you first uh, get involved in working for the oceans, uh, with the oceans, and what sparked your love for it? Um, well, I suppose I always, I always loved nature. Um, I always wanted to do something to do with <clears throat> looking after it. Um, and it wasn't, it was always something I wanted to do, but I sort of thought it would always be land-based, um, even though I'd always sort of grown up by the coast. Uh, so but then I learned to dive uh, in Australia on my gap year when I was 18 and it sort of went from there really um, and then joined marine research expeditions and just sort of stayed on them for a long time um, as a volunteer and then progressing through to actually finally sort of helping set up um, expeditions and teaching people all the science and the surveying techniques and, and things like that so it was very much a sort of this is what's happening now let's just go with the flow and and go from there but it's it's always been a deep-seated passion to protect nature and, and want to do that um but back when i was sort of at school and stuff there weren't really that many degrees were a lot more sort of marine biology sort of they weren't as varied as they are now which is fantastic so um yeah i did a lot more sort of in-field sort of things to, to really develop the passion further yeah. Um, yeah so diving definitely helped spark more of the underwater 
protection of coral reefs and things, which is really where it's come from from there. It's pretty amazing to see how you know university degrees have evolved even the past few years. I mean, I graduated university in like 2015, and even since then, there's new um, degrees coming out every year focusing on sustain sustainability, you know, ocean conservation. Um, so it, it's incredible the opportunities now. You can really sort of, yeah tailor what you what you want to do and I think you can come into those sort of degrees with less defined subjects mm -hmm. you can really create what you what you want um I mean I've I've managed to do that but it's it's sort of been harder in a in a way because there haven't been those those varied degrees uh, and things which is which is amazing now but I think the combination of sort of academic and and getting the experience in the field you can you can make it what you want or come into it from a from another angle at a later age or you know you could you can make it happen it's it's finding that that passion to do it really um and i i've always felt lucky that i've <clears throat> i've always had that so i yeah haven't had to search for it <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no really one defining way that you should go down the path of conservation or working for the oceans. And that's something I like telling everyone. I mean, yeah. I started another grad diploma this year, well, last year now, in sustainable living. I mean, I'm very grateful because Australia offered a whole bunch of um, degrees for free because of the whole COVID situation. So I was like, I'll take one. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it never hurts to expand and learn more. And I'm, I'm currently studying the science of climate change a bit better to, to be able to communicate better about that. And um, yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm feeling a little doom and gloomy. <laughs> but I think there's so much more, we've all sort of grown and, and developed to know there's so much more, it's not just marine biology or oceanography, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of my cousins who, who's, uh, who's older than me, he he did um, all that sounds amazing. And, but, but now it, there's so much more to it and, and things like learning the communication skills and that's all part of it as well. We can't just do the science. And, and I'm a, you know, so based my business on education and, and communicating uh, information about the oceans to people, but all of those things come into marine conservation and ocean conservation as well. It's not just purely gathering the data, which obviously is vital as well. There's so many strains to it all. What was your personal path? So did you study biology to, to start off with or how did no, you get to here? <laughs> I actually didn't do very well at biology at school. Um, my undergrad was in environmental management, which actually was predominantly terrestrial based. Um, and at the time that was quite a sort of out there sort of degree. It, it was linked with the town planning course. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't really, um, it was very new. Um, and I did that, but in all my you know, university vacations, I, I went off overseas and I did practical hands-on conservation work. And then when I finished, I went and, and joined a marine research expedition. And I then did that for quite a few years <laughs> and came back as I turned 30 to do my postgrad, which was in tropical coastal management. Mm -hmm. um, but the two degrees actually linked quite nicely because I'd gained a lot of experience in the field. I'd learned an awful lot. 
um, but it was it was teaching people as well. But then my degrees were both management related uh, in term and 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 linked with each other. My undergrad, I did my uh, research paper on if you put a footpath um, up a mountain, is is it better to create one scar <laughs> along that or or will or is it best not to have that in the first place and people will go everywhere and damage the whole area and then my research paper for my postgrad was looking at if you educate people when they go diving and you manage people's behavior through education does that cause less damage to the reef and the, the two were quite similar actually and I didn't really realize that until I'd sort of finished my postgrad that both of them come down to managing people's behavior and, and providing education which then sort of led me to actually go and work um, <clears throat> at luxury resorts as a marine biologist teaching the guests about coral reefs and the, the value of them the fragility of them and everything like that um, but again that was all through education and I think because well hopefully because I'm not a pure pure scientist I was able to communicate it mm -hmm. to people that aren't scientists and that was sort of where it's all evolved from from there and, and have now set up a business in, in educating people about the marine environment. Before we dive into the marine education business, um, yeah. just quickly back to that. So what did you find to be the answer? Is it better to let them roam free or have one path going up the mountain? Because it's interesting, so, we have the European and Australian kind of standards, and they're very different. So I'm just wondering, what did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, my viewpoint was, I mean, the majority of people, it's the honeypot effect. They'll they'll go to the car park. They'll go just shortly, a short distance from the car park. Mm -hmm. They won't go that much further into the wilderness. I suppose not even the wilderness. So if you've got um, most of the pressure in one one area you can you can aim to manage that um and if you've got signposts and people are controlled um then it it seemed it seemed better to do it that way um, and to control where people were going because the people that will go further out if they've got some information and they're more likely to take a bit more care the pressure is is less overall that's what i found but um yeah I mean it was it was an undergrad study way back when I was quite young but I still think it, yeah providing information on on what's out there the the wildlife whether that's underwater or above water if people have got the information and they learn more they're they're going to take more care so if you've got some signposts at the car park or mm -hmm. um on your dive boat or whatever people are going to be much more aware of of taking care when they're on their walk or on their dive um hopefully. there's always exceptions yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and and my my postgrad one yes it was it was interesting to to see that if you if you start talking to, it's amazing how many people don't really have a huge amount of information sometimes and have, have learned well, i guess for me learning to dive was again about the environment it was it was the interest in seeing the creatures down there and for me it's, it's still every single dive every single snorkel you see something different you see something new and my little phrase is always the more you 
know the more you see the more you see the more you know and it's just it keeps going yeah but I think for, for some people obviously diving is about the technical side it's it's not necessarily about the wildlife um but I think you, you, it never hurts to to know more about the environment you're in uh, for the sake of the environment but also for the enjoyment of the, the participant as well yeah, it's true. And I'm definitely a big proponent of education. I mean, I am a high school teacher <laughs> after all as well. And, um, you know, my love of teaching diving started because I wanted to help protect and, you know, there is one thing, which is the basic paddy course, which covers all, you know, the necessary requirements, but I always went above and beyond because I do think, you know, talking about the impacts, like why should you actually not stand on coral or touch a reef or that giving people or students the why yeah. provides that much stronger um, like bond with the information that they're much more likely to remember it because otherwise, you know, they'll just touch the coral. They'll just, yeah. they'll just do it when you're yeah. not looking. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that, that is the same as going back, you know, if people are walking through a, a beautiful area of, I don't know, of a mangrove and mm. there's a board you know then let's keep the the pressure to that area and yeah. people can watch it but if they don't know the value of the environment uh, they don't know not to to damage things and you can't you can't get annoyed at people for not knowing and 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 things it's um it's yeah it's down to the educators to to help but i think in knowing information particularly being taught by very passionate people that's infectious and it does it can, it can only increase the enjoyment of the experience yeah that's that's definitely true and just as you said you know you can't blame people for not knowing and especially if you've been in this kind of field for a long time uh, it's that whole bubble you get reinforced that everyone in the world knows what you know everyone in the world knows that if you you know dump some chemicals here upstream that it will eventually lead to the ocean that you know, the food you buy or the clothes you choose will all eventually impact our seas. And we kind of take it for granted when in reality, you know, uh, a few years ago, I had no idea. You know, uh, when I lived in Europe, I would eat, you know, farmed salmon or any fish. I didn't consider where it was coming from, what situation it was in, or how it was actually impacting the environment. So I think it's quite easy for people to kind of forget where we all came from and yeah. how many plastic bags we all used and even you know those very basic things and how not too long ago we were part of the problem and you know we still are and we're all just working towards that solution so we need to be kinder and education I think is number one you know <laughs> absolutely and I think there's there's ways of of doing it and it it for me it, it has to come from a, an angle of enthusiasm mm -hmm. and positivity. Um, we, you know, if, if you do see someone standing on the coral, there's that instinct of oh, it's coral, you've got to protect it and we don't want someone treading on it. But if they genuinely don't understand, they'll learn far more and they'll do less damage in the future yeah. if, that, if that communication is, is coming from a, a positive, informative place rather than an attacking place yes. um, I, I, that, that, there's obviously people do things in different ways but that's mm -hmm. certainly my on how to encourage I, people to 
<laughs> I think you have a good point, but I think we've also all lost our temper a little bit after you see the yeah. teeth person standing on coral and you're like, what did I just yeah. say? <laughs> yes, yes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, dropping litter. I mean, there, there's that side of it as well where, you know, people do just need, to, you, can, you can educate and you can do it in the positive yeah. way, but also we are reliant on people paying attention and listening and yeah. <laughs> and that's infuriating when that doesn't happen for sure definitely so can you can you tell us a little bit more about wise oceans and what do you do so what is your business yeah so wise oceans is a marine education and um conservation organization um which i set up back in 2011 so it's we're in our 10th year now so wow, big august yes that's quite exciting um so i set it up because i i passionately wanted to try and educate people but also wanted to try and get people involved in this sector so mm-hmm. and i was i was sort of struggling when i finished my masters to find one place where I could look for marine conservation jobs without searching through all the terrestrial jobs as well, however amazing they all sounded. So I wanted to set up um, a marine conservation specific job board. So we we have that. Um, We are a place where people can find uh, internships, paid jobs when when they are obviously we're a little bit limited with the current situation Um, and basically opportunities to get involved in marine conservation in all its different guises. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to spread education on the marine environment in any way possible. So we also have two other elements to Wise Oceans where we have our um, Wise Oceans Academy, which is we run what we call Dive into the Classroom sessions um, with schools and um, with children. So at the moment, obviously parents who are homeschooling and things like that. Uh, can can join our sessions but we also run them we did run them in school physically but obviously at the moment now it's mainly virtually um so we have that side of the business as well which is much more sort of related to um educating um younger people or or, or people um that uh, want to take some of our sessions and then we also um have uh, Wise Oceans Discovery, which is where we run marine discovery programs at resorts um, based uh, based in the tropics. So we're (coughs) members of the team based at uh, luxury resorts where they take guests out snorkeling and teach the guests about the marine environment that they're in. (coughs) And we also run reef restoration projects as well. So um, obviously all the guests, whether it's the younger children, the adults, we also um, run uh training programs for the staff at the resort and um link up with the community of the country we're in as well um so there's so three aspects to to wise oceans really there's a lot going on that is This episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast is sponsored by you guys. Thank you so much to all my patrons who take the time um, to kind of join the little community and check out my behind the scenes footage and stuff and help uh, contribute to making this work possible. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please leave me a comment, send me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram, Ocean Pancake or Vegan Diver Cat, and yeah. I'll talk to you guys soon.
definitely a lot going on and very impressive. I mean, we need all those three things. Um, I never knew where to look for jobs. So I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast are curious how they can get involved and, you know, if there's any internships or paying opportunities once once the world situation calms down a bit, then um, yeah. So I'll, I'm very excited to be able to share that with people. And as always, it's going to be on the Ocean Pancake website um, with all the links to all the things they can find out. And do you find that there's quite a, a few jobs uh, in ocean conservation? Is it around the world? Is it quite localized? How, how would you describe the availabilities? Yeah, and even at the moment, I mean, we're, we're, we're global, so we advertise jobs anywhere in, in the world, uh, mm-hmm. tropical, temperate, arctic, whatever environment, as long as it's marine conservation related, um, mm-hmm. paid jobs, internships, expedition, volunteering, uh, courses, <laughs> events, anything like that. And I think we've still, we have got jobs at the moment, um, of, well, opportunities of, of any sort. We have a weekly um, job alert that goes out every Wednesday that people can sign up to. And, you know, at the moment, it, it's, it's one of those times where there might not be the, the big job that you want, but there's opportunities. And I think this is, yeah. as, as an employer, as uh, someone very passionate about being proactive and, and getting on with things, there, there are opportunities there are your local um, wildlife trusts, there are, there are things like that. And hopefully we can provide information um, about things near, near people that they can get involved in um, to get more experience during this time to then apply for the jobs when they do come along um, yeah. or the, the few jobs that are out there at, at the moment. I mean, we've, we've just uh, done a recruitment drive for our team and I mean, hundreds of applicants that's amazing which is amazing um but yeah it's the ones that have been proactive that that will be you know it's it's all about that passion of of wanting that that role and hopefully we can provide help for people on our job board to find those opportunities to to do you know some courses in the meantime and Mm -hmm. to get that experience that will help rather than having that gap which um, you know unfortunately we're, we're all kind of in a little bit of a gap at the moment yeah but things need to you need to fill it for for your own positivity and for for your future prospects as well so someone who sees a lot of you know jobs and all these opportunities coming up and as someone who hires for your own business what tips would you have for people who want to apply for things? What should they include in their resume and what should they look out for to kind of make them stand out above um, others? So I think um, just generally, um, I think it's just really showing that you've stepped out from the comfort zone to get on and do things Mm -hmm. that you contacted your local marine conservation charity or, or something or, wandered around your university to the biology section to chat to them and see if there's things that you can help with or we were actually talking about this in our our team call yesterday and and chatting to each of us on the call about what what people did and and every single one of the team they've all stepped out um in in the past to to get experience to to do things and I think that's what I'm looking I would be looking for but I think most you know something that's different that you've you've 
yeah something memorable that you've in a good way uh, that you've done <laughs> yeah. to 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 stand out and it's hard there's no denying it but then you know if, if things were easy then <laughs> it, mm, yeah. It, 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 yeah it, to get where you want to get to you have to you have to make the effort as well um but i think also it's the, the marine conservation world isn't massive and is, yeah. people know people and i think it's it's really i say it a lot but it's really important to be memorable again in a good way with the people you meet so if you have done an internship with uh, on a turtle project and then you want to get further into that and you you know you need to go back and get a, re a resume or, or a reference from, from someone then they people do remember people <laughs> and people want to help and I think it's it's all about um yeah that side of things um that is that is important push push yourself to get where you want to go as well and that shows in covering letters and cvs and interviews so at the moment when we're in this situation where people are locked down and, and things, I I would rather see that someone has not been able to get a job at the moment, but they've been their local supermarket delivery driver because mm -hmm. they're, they're doing something. They're, yes. they're, you see what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. That they're filling that that gap. They've taken the initiative. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it, taking it. Take initi taking initiative. I know a lot of my students ask me, you know, like, you know, the job situation is really terrible right now. How will I make sure to get a job once I graduate high school or university? And um, I think that's the best thing that people can do is just try and if you keep trying, you know, you will have someone which, you know, resonates with that and will believe in you and helps you along the journey. Cause that's also something we need to remember. Like we don't do any of this alone. And um, mm -hmm. it's also about the people you meet on the way. And Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be where I am now with a 10 year old business. If I hadn't been able to go back to the people I've met mm -hmm. throughout my career, um, the, the friends, the colleagues, the, you know scientists that I've met along the way it, it, that's helped me enormously and I think and it and that sort of stuff shows and people genuinely want to help people uh, yeah and it works two ways so I think and it is it when you're at high school it is it does seem very daunting and things but if you do a bit of volunteering at the weekend or you do some beach cleans or you set up your own beach cleans or you join them or whatever there's mm -hmm. there's things that there's things to do definitely and that shines through in a CV. I think also is um, marine conservation is a beautifully collaborative space in in the sense where we all feel there's never enough of us you know and even if mm -hmm. it's not necessarily this job you may fill then there's other jobs or other opportunities and is growing and as you said you know just any beach clean any any help that you can kind of um, put towards the, the mission because I found that a lot of other jobs are more you know exclusive <laughs> like they're you know it's yeah, beating know, people out while um yeah. here it's quite the yeah, opposite it's it's a really nice sector to be and I've certainly never found people that want to sort of yeah everyone does seem to want to help I, and I maybe I've been very fortunate but I I do generally feel that the majority of people 
feel the same about that in this in this field and because there's so many different routes you can take or routes you can create in this field as well the the opportunities are, are massive because yeah. the opportunities keep getting made and built and, and things like that so it's, it's a very exciting field to be and obviously I'm biased because I'm, I'm in it but <laughs> it is it's exciting and I think that's that's also what we need in a field that is is one that we need so much mm -hmm. to protect the environment we're working in. Exactly. Um, so with your second part of the business, the education part, uh, what kind of things do you educate on and who, who leads these programs and how do you, what's that kind of set up? So um, <clears throat> we have the, the, the school side of things, um, Wise Oceans Academy, where we currently, it's predominantly uh, sort of the primary age that uh, mainly, we, obviously we, we talk to anyone, sorry. Um, we talk to anyone, but um, at the moment it's primarily primary school children that join our sessions and we have a variety of topics. Um, again, it's pretty informal um, and, and the kids join and learn about a variety of different things, whether it's um, marine mammals or corals or Arctic environments, uh, you know, there's there's a, a wide variety and we run those a number of times a week and people can either have, they can join a private session that they can have for, for just their class or for their children, or you can join public sessions where we have a, a number of children who, who join and they're really fun and and I, I have um, a member of my team who, who runs them with, with full enthusiasm um, from back here in the UK, but we can we can talk to anyone in the in the world as well. And then the other part of the education side of things is that we have teams based at resorts um, in, in a number of countries. Uh, obviously at the moment, we're still trying to get some, some of the resorts are still waiting to reopen. Um, others are up and running. Um, and so we have people based at the resorts to the guests to come and chat to you. You know, we have something as simple as a picnic table where the guests can come and chat, look through some books, and we'll take them on, on snorkels and uh, yeah, guided snorkel where they can learn about the, the things that they'll see. And it's, it's not just pointing out a butterfly fish or things, it's, it's chatting about those relationships they'll see in the water mm -hmm. and um, the exciting things that you maybe wouldn't see if you went on your own. And, and hopefully you come back from that snorkel having really absorbed the, the passion of of the marine educator that's taken you and you want to go home and, and protect the environment and hopefully learn a bit more through um, seeing what we do with our reef restoration projects. And uh, yeah, just add something a bit more to, to your vacation that's a bit, that, that's deeper and that you can take, take home with you in that sense that you want to, you want to help, you want to, make sure that you're doing something to protect that environment that you'll go back and enjoy at another point um, and, and things. And, and also hopefully help, you know, we're, we're aiming with our reef restoration projects as well to help protect the environment that people will continue to enjoy. And at the same time, um, connect with the, the local communities um, and do sessions in their schools and, mm -hmm. um, and projects like that as well. So there's, there's sort of those two sides of the education element. 
So where are your reef restoration projects and what, what kind of setup is that? Do you, are you out planting coral yet or are you still growing them in nurseries? So we, we have nurseries um, alongside the, sort of the areas where we transplant um, and we have projects in Seychelles, Mauritius and Bora Bora in mm -hmm. French Polynesia. Um, so those are the countries we've, we've got people based at at the moment. Um, and our longest running one, so we've got some transplants and we've got the nursery as well. Um, and each project is different. We, we, we create them bespoke to the environment that we're, that we're in. <laughs> Sorry, yeah? It was, it was either going to be your dog or my toddler or my, or my six month old. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we bespoke our projects to the environment that we're in. So no area of, of reef is, is going to be the same from one place to another. So we, we look at the area we're based in um, and, and, and what damage has been done or what um, restoration could could happen and we we work from that and I, I have a, a great great team that, that work on that um and it's yeah it's exciting I, I did a lot of reef restoration work um prior to setting up wise ocean so that's a, a side that's, that I'm very passionate about but it's very much about restoration rather than artificial reefs mm -hmm. um we want to restore the the environment to, to what it what it was that would be amazing um but work towards that but also very much use it as an educational tool. Mm -hmm. So if, if some of the, the coral um, is, is struck by a bit of bleaching, then we, you know, we'll talk about that with the guests and highlight that. Um, and that this is what we're doing to try and help, but you know, a, it is a, a problem as well. You know, we, we're, we're out there to try and to try and help. And that all comes into the education side of it um, as well. But yeah, some, some amazing, um, responses the corals have, have started to grow and we really try and get the guests involved in in seeing that and experiencing it and help us transplant corals and be part of the, the work as well. That's amazing well I'd love to see some you know photos and the progress of these these um, restored reefs and how, how do you pick the sites are they sites that have been damaged by coral bleaching or just high traffic areas or uh, you know, just give an example of like the Seychelles or one of the areas. Um. So at the moment that we're, we've got the projects, the restoration projects we've got are at the resorts we're based at. So mm -hmm. either just out from from the, the, from the bay that the resort is at um, or, or close to that. So we can utilize the nursery as somewhere to take guests to see what we're doing and the work we're doing, um, but also help build up the reef. Um, that they would they would be snorkeling at so it's it's a sort of two-way thing it helps um the reef it's um you know it's more enjoyment for the for the guests uh, and that's sort of side of things so it's it's all linked to that but i mean every, every reef has got got some damage so it yeah. wouldn't be difficult to find to find places so it's it's where we're where we're based um and that's something we can bring to to any resort that we're that we're based at we can we can offer to to do restoration work and and to try and help well i hope you definitely give us a list of these resorts so if people when people <laughs> can travel Most, to these uh, destinations 
of our, our resorts in, in Seychelles are, are up and running as well. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, different places. You might have to quarantine for a little bit, but I guess if you're staying at a nice resort, that's not so hard. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be too bad, but we can't even leave Australia. So uh, yeah, I can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> soon soon if we all behave if we're all good we can uh, we can get through this well we're good i don't know what europe's up to so <laughs> yeah i think yeah we're well on a personal level we're being good <laughs> yeah yeah no um i mean it, it's oh. pretty hard right now because i'm from czech republic originally and okay. currently oh. as we sit czech republic is um the worst in the world in terms of infections per capita and yeah. um, our hospitals are struggling and it's like a the waves hit us a year late or something I don't know um, but yeah it's not fun I thought it would be closer to over by now <laughs> this time this time last last year I was uh, my family and I headed out on one of my work trips to go and visit my teams um, in Seychelles and Mauritius and mm. we headed out um, and we were out for, for two weeks and as we came back it was all really kicking off yeah. um, at the time joking oh, well, it'd be great if we got sort of stuck out in Mauritius and we could just stay in um, and things and and chatting to the resorts about how oh, we'll definitely July will definitely be open and it's yeah I mean it's a, a massive thing I think and and obviously horrendous but there, there's always positives as well to take aren't there yeah. I mean and and it varies from person to person and and everyone's in different situations but I definitely feel you know I've, I've spent a lot more time with my immediate family we've spent a lot of time we're lucky enough to have a nice garden my mm -hmm. toddler has spent so much time outside learning about the plants and watching bees and butterflies when in the summer and you know that sort of stuff maybe we wouldn't have spent so much time on on the simple things as well yeah so. well I've definitely decreased my carbon footprint significantly by not flying home <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and I don't know it is it is an opportunity now to kind of reassess our habits and our lifestyle and um I'm someone who used to fly a lot and this is the longest in my entire life that I have not left a country. So this is the longest I've ever been in one place. And honestly, it hasn't been too bad. I've, yeah. As you said, you know, I've had an amazing time with my with my dogs and my and my partner and we've, we live by the ocean, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. But I think it is, we, it, it's hopefully rec people recognizing not taking things for granted because yeah we've had things taken away from us and I don't think that's a, a bad thing necessarily in the sense of making people rethink um of, of things and think actually it's yeah it's all right and it's good to to re-evaluate like you say um if there's good to come out of a situation and there's always you have to always yeah. think of the good that comes out of any situation don't you definitely um, yeah. I think we're all ready to have a bit of a party as well <laughs> Yeah, we'll be, be good. But, um, yeah, the, the work you're doing, I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm a massive proponent of education. So I think it's fantastic. You're getting it to the children, getting it to the tourists, helping, you know, young professionals find their way in life. So you, you've really kind of gotten all the <laughs> target areas going. Um, 
So yeah, thank you. Thank you for the work you do because this is fantastic. And I cannot believe I haven't heard of you before. So, um, you know, we got to get on that advertising a bit more because we need more people to know about these platforms and these opportunities. And um, um, for people to also, when they choose resorts or choose holiday destinations to try and pick ones which, you know, prioritize our reefs or- Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll send you uh, we'll send you lots of links to. Very excited. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I want to ask you the one question I ask all my guests, uh, which is, what is one piece of advice you would give people who want to help our oceans? Um, I would say. Uh, one piece of advice. <laughs> just, just one. I know it's hard. You have like a thousand things running through your head, but just, just the one, because I'm, I'm curious to see how many different ones we can get from all these amazing people who've worked in the field. I think it's, we, we, we just need to stop putting so much pressure on it. So respect it, learn about this is more than one option, isn't it? Um, yeah, we need to take the pressure off. We need to stop taking more than we we need. And mm -hmm. all those elements of pressure to help it come back. I, I think that's beautifully put. And it covers a lot. So, you know. Tries to be very specific on that one, but yeah. I, I love overall. the diplomatic answer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pleasure speaking to you, Abby, and I'm, um, you. you know, maybe if I can travel soon, I'll be able to check out some job opportunities or something on, on your website. So yeah, um, yeah, there's definitely some new information on that, but thank yeah. you for, thank you for having me. It's been yeah. really nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. As always, thank you so much again, Abby, for joining me. It was fantastic to get an opportunity to speak with you and to learn about Wise Oceans. I mean, I wish I knew this organization existed a few years ago when I was looking for jobs in marine conservation. But, you know, it's better late than ever. Uh, thank you so much. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And as always, make sure to check out Graham Mose, who's the mind behind the music at Ocean Pancake. Uh, go give him a like, support Graham Mose music, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all the places. Yeah, he's got some really uh, chilled out beats and funky music. And if you're in Brisbane, you might be able to see him live since we're no longer on lockdown. But yeah, hope you're staying safe and I'll see you, hear you, you'll hear me in the next episode.